Welcome to TechTastic, the podcast that explores the cutting-edge world of technology and its impact on society. New breakthroughs and developments are revolutionizing the world around us, presenting exciting opportunities as well as complex challenges. We'll explore the big ideas and key players driving these transformations as we seek to understand the implications of these advancements for our lives, our communities, and our planet. Join us on this journey of discovery and exploration as we navigate the fascinating and ever-evolving world of technology. This is TechTastic. Hello, Diana. Welcome to It's TechTastic. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing really well. So you have an interesting new thing, which is why I wanted you on the podcast, because you're doing um, content at scale. Yeah. And I want to hear all about this. Well, and it's had an evolution, and I'm not the best person to talk about the backstory. That would be Justin McGill, our founder, because it's his brainchild. But what happened is that he started kind of looking for ways to automate things. And at first, it wasn't quite content automation. He was like working with apps or something in the very beginning. But he found his way to Julia McCoy, who is this massive voice in the content creation world. She owns like content agencies for over 11 years. She's a published author. And so they they became the parents of Content at Scale. And at first she was their head of marketing and now is the president because her role and like her reputation and everything that kind of comes along with her. Um, and he bought out her business. So it's funny, you're like, her story is really funny too because she was very anti-AI in the beginning. Being a content-owned agency, like she's very like, no one can write like me or my team. And then she found Justin and his tool. And she was like, holy shit, there's this tool that can like actually write faster and better than me, I'm in. And so she has these two screenshots in her presentation. She's like, here was me talking about how anti-AI I am. And here's me three months later talking about how great this tool is and how I'm like part of it now. But it also speaks to like the fundamentals of our tool. So we're not just ChatGPT. We're not, I call ChatGPT like a regurgitator. I use it for like when I have to bulk produce social media posts, like I'm a board member for a local community theater here in Texas. So I use it when I'm like trying to promote the shows that are upcoming, I regurgitate. But when you want content that's going to rank, when you want content that's going to tell a story, when you want content, especially if you have to do that in bulk, then that's where content at scale comes into play. We're not open AI uh, accessible. We have proprietary algorithms. We use three different LLMs. We have this content combination of things to include resources. So our content is researched back. We have an algorithm that includes tone of voice so you can customize it. We also can create long form content based on a keyword, a podcast, a video, a document, a PDF. We have a wide variety of sources because content comes to us in a wide variety of places, but it makes our tool very, very versatile. But our kind of core beliefs around AI are that it is not written for you. It writes the first draft for you. And so that's how it makes it scalable because it's doing the initial work for you and then puts it on your plate. So then you can work your optimization magic. That's where the SEOs can come in and tweak it. Then you got to come in. You have to fact check it because you can't believe everything you read on the internet, right? And you've got to put your own twist in there. So it leaves time for the creative aspect of content creation by knocking out the first draft and getting that out on your plate. 
So my background is an agency and my first job, I wrote content for the same types of businesses over and over and over and over again. And I constantly get writer's block. I'm like, how many times can I write about the same thing over and over and over again? Like, so this tool would have been ideal, but this was back in like 2006. So it was a long time ago. It is interesting. So the backstory of how you got into it coming from the content marketing side and then like, I imagine you saw this tool and you're like, oh my God, this is helping me so much. And you wanted to get involved or something <laughs> along those lines. But uh, well, do you want to know how I got yeah, hired I do. here? <laughs> so I, I don't know if you've ever used the tool SEMrush or SEMrush, oh, if you want to call yeah. it that. Yeah. So I was there for three years and I got laid off in July, but it was simple luck of the draw. I worked with Julia when I was at Semrush. So her and I knew each other for many years beforehand. And I actually just saw that they were looking for a product marketer in one of the Slack communities that I'm a part of. And it just was like the universe being at the right place at the right time because they wanted a product marketer, but then I did a project for them. I put this whole deck together of how they were gonna market a feature that they released uh, at the end of August. And they saw that I could do more than product marketing. So I actually got promoted before my first day. Again, it was just like this great marriage of things because I can see the uniqueness in this product and already like I have this great idea of all these new audiences that I want to reach out to, like the education world, um, the people who do marketing for franchises, again, because they're writing the same content for the same type of business, just different locations over and over and over again. So there's all of that, plus we're wanting to go international. And so my experience at SEMrush and being a product marketer and a social media community and international kind of marketer there is really helping to fuel our momentum over here. And podcasts and community building is such a big part of that and telling that story. So that's kind of where I like launched right into this. Plus I know the audience again, like my background is agencies. So I've been there. I've created content by hand over and over and over again. I've had to spend the time to research the sources. I've had to change my tone per client. Like I am the ideal client for this tool, which is nice in your marketer, right? Because like, I, oh, can, yeah. I know, I know the deal. It's the best type of marketer you can have instead of having to explain to them the story all the time. Or try to figure out who they are. Like my career, how I started my career was I was the SEO and PPC manager for commercial truck and like construction equipment dealerships. And I'm like, I have no idea what it takes to like <laughs> bulldoze something. I have never done that before, but I learned, but now it's easier because I market to marketers and I, you know, that's my people. <laughs> In your time doing that, did you use AppNexus at all? No, but I definitely have heard of it, but I never actually got my hands on it. We did a whole project at one point called, I think it was called, it was called Jello because before Jello was created, Gelatin was the only the super elite aristocrats and kings and queens could afford it because it was this huge amount of labor. And for some reason, our head of marketing knew that. So we were going to come out with our, anybody can use it. It's uh, App Nexus for the masses and we called it Jello. <laughs> I thought that was a terrible name, but I was always curious who used our products because I know all the top publishers and advertisers did, but I never knew if it its way down to uh, <laughs> advertising for bulldozers and, and things of that nature. <laughs> no, we were very old school in running ads and things like that and writing content. So it was very old school. Uh, dealing with a very old school audience too. Like for years, my clients would ask me why they even needed a website. Like for years, <laughs> let alone needing SEO or PPC or anything interesting uh, to drive traffic. And I got very good at educating around SEO yeah. and PPC in my early days, so. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I, I mean, 
I, I'm laughing because of the pain, the shared pain that we've all had if you've ever had to have that conversation with somebody. And most of this audience won't know that pain, thankfully. But those of us that went through it at the very beginning, when first of all, it was like, what's the inner tubes or what's the inner web or they'd screw up the, the thing all the time. What, what are you talking about? You have to explain to them that. And they're like, okay, so I need a website. Yes, you need a website. Why do I need a website? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I had many conversations explaining the difference between Google and Internet Explorer and why they're not ranking on Google number one for the word bulldozer and, you know, just many conversations that I don't ever wish to have again. <laughs> well, now I don't feel like there's the same issues around AI. It's either people have a very dystopian view of it, like it's going to steal yeah. my job, right? Or they're like, oh no, this helps a lot. I've played with it already. Yeah. Uh, and there doesn't seem to be any middle ground at all. So you're totally right. I feel like ChatGPT and its conversation set the fear of God into marketers' psyches around it. Like, no, 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 like it's great actually. Yeah. Like you can do so much more and unleash your creative like aspect now, instead of being bogged down with researching sources, you can actually unlock the creative fun part of being a marketer or content creator. So now I'm like, fighting that battle of like, it's fun and it'll help you. <laughs> Yeah, we have the exact same battle. I mean, what we're doing is taking all the legacy tech debt problem away from enterprise software engineers yeah. and their IT teams and all that. So we're solving a big problem for them. But a lot of those people are doing the same thing. They're like, but it's taking my job away. It's like, well, it's doing something that you spend 17 hours a week doing and you quit your job because you're spending 17 hours a week doing it. Like you hate it. We all hate it. So it's helping you do the things you like doing, which is going and building software that's fun and you know go solve a problem. Yeah. And we either have the same thing. I get it, that's amazing, thank you, we're gonna use it, or no, no, you're taking jobs away from us. And yeah. uh, it's such a weird conversation to have. It's like arguing over whether or not fire is gonna burn down the world or heat your home. Well, it <laughs> depends on how you use it. And that's the only thing that matters here. Yeah, it's an interesting conversation right now. So it's really cool to be on this side of it, for sure. One of the other things that you guys make possible is that when you're starting up a company, you're lean. And in today's market, it is very difficult to both stay lean and be noticed. Because of what you're doing, you're doing both, right? You're helping them take the small team that they've got and maximize the productivity of them for this particular part, the marketing side of it. And second to that, they're doing the thing that's gonna get them noticed, right? Getting their voice out there. So it's like a double win. I love how you raise that, doing the thing that's gonna get them noticed because that is it. There's features within our tool that include like the optimization factors and competitor content analysis so that you can see like, is this keyword appearing in a headline? Is that affecting rankings? Like, so that you can make these tweaks to get noticed, to get the rankings as opposed to the regurgitation that comes out of chat GPT that's going to be just like somebody else's. These are all one of a kind pieces that come out of content at scale. And that's what AI should be doing for us. AI should not be regurgitating. AI should be puzzle piecing together. One of the things I'm very curious about is there's a lot of lead work that goes into like, what are we even going to optimize for? So finding the keywords that are going to matter for search engine optimization is really important, but that's even more true when you start building up the brand identity and doing all the additional marketing on Twitter and LinkedIn. And I don't even know what all of them are anymore, Instagram and, and all that. TikTok. <laughs> yeah, all that. It's probably even more crucial then. And you've got to be able to see across the different channels what matters and what doesn't, and then try to optimize your content across that. Does your tool help with that first part or do you have to do research outside the tool to get there to start with? 
So we have a huge keyword research functionality that we just launched yes. and, and nobody else does. <laughs> well, and it's better because not only is it keyword research, it keyword clusters for you and it does it automatically. We have like a proprietary metric called the keyword value. So it's going to tell you like whether this keyword is even like worth pursuing. Um, and then we have like the traditional ones like search volume and like ranking difficulty, but we cluster them and we give you content ideas all automatically based on your seed keyword. And then you can choose that cluster or that keyword, just one click and it'll start the content production process. So it's funny that you brought up social media too, because that's what I do. Like when I do my keyword research is I actually use it for social media and answer like questions or use the content idea as a social media idea. So like it doesn't necessarily have to end with long form content production. It can inform the content that you're producing on these other channels as well to help create more holistic conversation for what you've got going on. So we do all of that in the tool. That's great. I mean, when you're first getting started, they're not cheap, but once you're up and going, it's far cheaper than hiring a team of people to be doing the same work and it's cost effective. We're having six different tools because there, I mean, you could have like the AHRES well, or the SEMrush yeah. plus <laughs> paying for like whatever this, that plus your freelancer. Yeah, all of this is done in the same tool now. So most of the listeners are very bootstrap early stage startups, right? Oh, we get it because we are too. Like we totally get it. I figured you guys at this point would probably raise some funding though. Oh yeah, we're good. I mean, we don't have like trillions of dollars yeah. and we're not like publicly <laughs> traded or anything, but we're good. Yeah. We started from scratch too, just a little over a year ago. So we totally get it. <laughs> Diana, absolute pleasure meeting you. Yeah, I look forward to talking to you again and have a great rest of your day and I'll keep an eye on your email. That sounds great. And that's a wrap for this episode of TechTastic. I want to thank you personally for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Until then, keep exploring and stay curious.